Lord, we thank you again for another opportunity to, to assemble together. I thank you, Lord, for this house. But more than anything, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your manifest presence. And God, I ask that you today would continue the continually better process inside of us. I thank you for hope. No, we are not where we want to be, but we also are not where we were. So Lord, continue this continually better in our marriages, in our minds, in our hearts, in, in this church, in every part of our lives. We desire to advance the kingdom of God. Prick our hearts. Chasten us where we need it. Deal with us deeply, God. And we will respond to you in obedience in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me exactly what you once said. I'm not enough unless you come. So I need your anointing. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right. Jeremy Dan opened this for me, and then he thought he just barely closed it. But his grip is so tight that I, it's like starting it all over. He doesn't know how strong he is. All right, welcome, welcome. We are going to pick right back up with where I left off last week. But I want to I explain my heart in in this series this let there be light series so i did not turn these in michaela the 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 top three scriptures i didn't turn them in so i'm going to give them to you real quick acts 20 and 28 we're going to start with that luke is speaking in the book of acts well I, and i i can't remember i think he might be using uh, Paul's words. I can't. I can't remember. I know Luke is the one that wrote Acts. But either way, we're we're receiving direction to the modern day church here. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which He purchased. With his own blood. A little side note there. Whose blood? He said God. So if you ever question if Jesus isn't God. Doesn't say with Jesus' blood. It says with God's own blood. Okay. Just a little side note there. Which he purchased. So shepherd the church of God. Which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this. That after my departure savage wolves will come in among you. Not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So he says, shepherd the church in which the church of God in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Who's he speaking to there? Speaking to me and Jeremy for this house. That we are mandated here. In other words, this could say, Jeremy and Bree, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Okay? That is what we are supposed to do. He says, watch 
And remember, so here we are called to shepherd and to watch. Does everybody see that clearly? Jeremy and I are called as your pastors to shepherd. Everybody say shepherd and watch. So now I'm going to tie that. That's the New Testament church. Okay. That is post-resurrection, post-Holy Ghost infilling. That is where we, that's the same uh, dimension. Uh, That's not the right word. Uh, Oh, it, it left me. But span of time that we are still in today dispensation all right so let's let's look at what shepherds um, are supposed to do let's go to Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 1 and I'm going to read quite a bit right here so this is to shepherds so I have to take what we were told in Acts and I have to look then compare that with shepherds in the Old Testament, and look here. And the word of the Lord came to me to Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, which is who Jeremy and I represent. Y'all represent Israel, the children of God. We represent the shepherds. And say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost. But with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became Food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds took care of, fed themselves, and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, therefore, O pastors, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, shepherds, you pastors, and I will require my flock at your hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the, shock, feeding the flock. This is to the bad shepherds. I will cause the bad shepherds to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths that they may no longer be food for them. So that is a, are you able to take that analogy that God used and apply that to pastors and church people? Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So we are, if we don't shepherd you, you become prey to the enemy. Where it says beasts here, who's the beast? The enemy that seeks whom he may devour. Okay, that that walks about like a roaring lion. So that's two bad shepherds. Okay, now let's go also in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel 34. 
um, verse 10. And then to the watchmen, Ezekiel 33, because in Acts 20, we were told to shepherd and to watch. So Ezekiel 33 and 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. Let me stop right there. You took me and Jeremy and you made us your watchman by choice. We didn't come out and say, Adriana, we did not go to Florida and say, Adriana, we're going to be your pastors. Instead, Adriana found us live stream and said, you're going to be my pastors. And she's sitting here right now while she's in, and I almost said while she's in, while she's in Rusk, I almost said while she's in America, <laughs> it would be nice. We have some in Thailand, but even though Florida feels forever away, it is still America. While she's in Rusk, Texas, she's in here right now saying, feed me pastor. It's an honor and I appreciate it. So you made, you, you said, I want to take you and make you my watchman. We didn't say, make me your watchman or else, right? You see that? So he says, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when that watchman sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. Now watch here. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet. Why does the watchman have to blow the trumpet? Because nobody else sees what the watchman sees. There is a chance when you designate Jeremy and Brienne as the watchman over your life, there's a high possibility that we see something you don't see. And so therefore we sound the trumpet and it seems like the timing is not right. Like, why the alarm? Don't give us false alarms, Pastor. No, maybe the watchman sees what the people don't see. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any person from among them... That person is taken in his iniquity, but his blood, God says, I will require at the watchman's hand. So my husband mentioned this on Sunday, and this is the heart of this series. You asked us to be your pastors, so let us pastor you. Let us do what we've been called to do and give us the permission to sound the alarm if we see something that you don't see. Because the urgency that I feel with this series is this, and if, if I had um, taken the time to look it up, I didn't. I see lambs, lambs just 
frolicking and playing and jumping and having a wonderful time at the edge of the pasture. Having a blast, just loving life is so wonderful. And they're just, if you can just see a happy-go-lucky, innocent, naive little lamb just frolicking and all the way over to the edge of the pasture, having no idea that the wolf is in the woods eyeing the innocent, naive, happy-go-lucky little lamb. And when the shepherd starts hollering, the lamb is like, but I'm having fun. But why are you calling me? Why are you interrupting my fun time? Because you're, you're in the presence of danger and you don't see it and you don't know it. So nobody, I'm not, I'm not preaching to the lost. In this series, I'm preaching to the found. And I'm telling you, nobody in this room and nobody listening live stream is on purpose turning away from God. But there are some under the sound of my voice that are turning away from God. And they don't realize it. So we talked last week about the enemy's plan to get us as light-bearing vessels to vacate the premises. We talked about how the enemy is, is um, luring us away to get us to abdicate our responsibility so he can advance his kingdom of darkness. And I want to show you what this looks like. So, Michaela, if you'll show me slide number one. Now, she can't show me slide number one and give me the verse. And so I'm going to read the verse. That's slide number one. Okay? Complete darkness. I'm going to read this scripture. Um, and if you want to go home or, hey, you can pull it up on your phone. You can still read it and see these slides at the same time. It's Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8. For you once, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So, Michaela, you don't have to worry about the scripture. You can just do the slides. So go back to slide number one and look at that while I say, while I say what the word of God was saying. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So let's go to slide number two. So now, you were, back to slide number one, okay? But now you are, because I'm speaking to redeemed people, slide number two, you are light in the Lord, okay? And you can just leave that up there. So therefore, walk as children of light and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Okay? Then he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Awake you who sleep. But who's he speaking to? He's speaking to the church. So he says, Awake you who sleep. For Christ will give you light, but wait a minute. You should already be in the light. So, uh-oh, we're speaking to people who once were, slide number one, 
And now they're light. But uh uh-oh. Go to slide number two, please. Why is he saying awake? I'm going to tell you why. This verse is telling us to walk. Everybody say walk. So what that means, walk, is advance. That means to advance. So God created, um, we don't have a little toddler in here yet, but God did not create um, a little toddler. It's, it's too hard to, God did not, you just have to follow me here, create a little toddler to get up and go, No, he created a little toddler to get up and walk forward. He did not design us to walk backwards. Now, yes, we can walk backwards, but we are, we are designed to predominantly advance forward. And if we walk backwards, it takes effort because it's not our natural way of walking okay so when he says walk he means advance everybody say advance i spoke two to three uh yeah probably two to three years ago about how we're in a war for territory anybody remember that i talked about the kingdom of god and i said the whole battle right now is just for territory the enemy wants territory and it's god's territory and it's whoever can advance the most is the winner okay and i shared two weeks ago about how we are walking talking living breathing light-bearing vessels So knowing that God designed us to walk forward means that when he says walk, you are supposed to be advancing the light. Walk in the light means advance the light, okay? Because if you're walking in the light, everywhere you go, you're dispelling the darkness, right? Because they both can't coexist. Light always dominates darkness. Remember that over the last few weeks, okay? Just lay in my foundation here. Can you give me the slide for advance, please? So we are supposed to be advancing the light. No, not that one. It's the, the one that says advance, the, uh, the picture. Yep, there you go. So advance means this, to accelerate or the growth or progress of to bring or move forward, to raise to a higher rank. Just leave that up there for just a second and let me read um, these notes. So when you see what advance means and then you look at Paul's instructions to walk as children of light, that means to advance as children of light it means to accelerate the growth or the progress of light um, at bring or move forward light raise to a higher rank light okay because darkness is also trying to advance do you believe it so darkness is hoping that that you will retreat so darkness can accelerate the growth or progress of darkness. 
so that the enemy can bring or move forward darkness and so that darkness can be raised to another rank. Got it? So it's a battle for territory. And at some point, at, at any point in time in your life, as long as the earth exists, something is advancing and it's either light or darkness. Okay, there's never a standstill. Something is always advancing. Stay with me. This is just the foundation, okay? So we are to shine light wherever we go. We are supposed to advance the light in our daily lives, in everything that we do, in our conversations. We are supposed to advance, move forward the light gain more territory, okay? So now let's go to slide number three. Here's why. All right, here's where we are. Can you go from one slowly and then to two and then to three? This is where we were, darkness. Then we were brought into the light. Uh-oh. So what's happened? What has happened here is when the people of God retreat, there's no such thing as empty space. As I retreat because I vacate the premises, I vacation with the enemy, something's advancing. All right? So it looks... If you're coming from slide number one to slide number three, forget slide two, okay? If you're coming from slide number one, now slide number three, to that, continually better. But that's not who I'm speaking to tonight. Slide number two to slide number three. Big difference. So it's okay it's okay if somebody comes in tonight having had their fourth joint of the day, okay? We're going to open our arms to them. We're going to love them. We're going to reach them. But that's a whole different picture than if I show up having had one joint today. And compared to the person that had four joints I look pretty good, but in actuality, darkness is advancing more in my life than in the person who showed up after having four joints than in their life because they're moving forward, but I'm moving backwards. And where we mess up as a church is we compare ourselves to the world and we look really, really good. But the truth is we're backsliding and as we backslide, darkness is advancing in our lives, in the world, in the church. Now, I have stayed away from the backslide word because I thought that it was a religious word until I read the word of God. And then I see it's God's word. It is God's word. So Hosea... Keep it on that, Michaela, and I'm just going to read it. Hosea 11 and 7. 
God says, my people are bent on backsliding from me. What does that mean? Sliding backwards. Slide. Does it take, David Clay, does it take any effort to slide? No. Sliding means there's some momentum behind you. That means you don't have to try to slide backwards. It happens naturally. The sliding is just gravity pulling you down or it's just um, where you're the natural flow. Okay, so he says, my people are bent on sliding backwards. That means there is a, there is something inside of our humanity and we know it's, it's fallen man that if we don't constantly push and put forth effort to move forward, by default, we're going to slide back. Okay, how many of you know that in your walk with God, it's like a mountain, Okay, <laughs> does it take as much effort to fall and slide down the mountain as it does to walk up the mountain? I look at Melissa and this makes me think, were you the kid, I was the kid that didn't want to go up the slide the right way and then slide down the slide. I wanted to like try to run up the slide, the slide part. Takes a lot more effort to go up the slide than down the slide, all right? So he says, my people are bent on sliding away, backsliding from me, though they call to the Most High, so they know, they know they're mine. They call to me, but they don't exalt. They don't exalt. That means they need me, but they don't necessarily want me. So backsliding means this. It means turning away. And he says, my people. Because only those that have been reconciled to God can slide away from God. Okay? <clears throat> only those who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light can backslide. And I tried to find a good example, but um, I really, I didn't want to put anybody in this position, so I won't, I won't do it. But let's just say this is a person. Okay, let's say this is a person. And this person is as low as low can go, lost, bound, falling, if you can imagine, a person laying on, on this stage, on the, on the floor, I wouldn't be like, oh, be careful not to fall. Be real careful not to fall because a fallen person can't fall. I mean, the person that has never gotten up can't fall. It's the person that has, that has been lifted up that can fall. So what I'm trying to tell you is when he talks about backsliding, this is not a message to the world. It means there's a real danger to those who have been elevated into the kingdom of light. There's a danger that you can fall. <clears throat> so let's go to slide number four. This is not 
and in your face backsliding, like I said last week, watch me, God. Watch me, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt your feelings, God. No, it's not an on-purpose backsliding. It's, it's, a, it's a gradual drifting. Hey, I did it this week. I literally did it this week. On Monday, we took the kids to the lake, and they're in the water. And I don't know about you, but I do not like lake water. You cannot see what's going to be swimming around your feet. And so I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the edge uh, of the boat with my feet a little bit in the water. And, and then I kind of pick them up a little bit, and the kids are swimming around, and I'm watching them. It doesn't matter. They're 22 and 18, and I'm still watching them. And... Uh, they're just kind of sitting on, they're sitting on their life jackets, and so they're just bouncing around, bobbing in the water, and, and I'm sitting on the boat. And we're just talking and visiting, and next thing I know, like, we're pretty long way away from each other. And I'm like, y'all are getting away from the boat. And they said, no, Mama, you're drifting away. Like, you're the one moving. And the Lord revealed this to me. If we don't watch it, I had no idea I was drifting. I thought they changed. And if we don't watch it, go from slide three to slide four. If we don't watch it, we'll think everybody else has changed toward us when really our heart posture has changed. Like we'll think everybody's treating us different. And we'll think everybody else, oh, the church is really changing. And I don't really know if I like the direction that it's going in. But really, we're the ones. It's really our posture that's changed. We're sliding back. We're retreating slowly. We don't realize it. We're losing ground spiritually, and we don't even, we don't even know. Getting less hungry as the days go by. Slide number four. That is four. I'm sorry. Slide number five. Now, to get here, there's a whole lot of retreating on our part that gets us back to this. We will not be the church that teaches that once you've seen the light, there's no such thing as ever losing that light. So completely unaware that the light is fading in our lives, we don't recognize what I told my mom last week. Let's go back to number four. I said, Mom, I just have this urgency as a pastor. It's so, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because I feel like lukewarm has become the new hot. And so we're lukewarm, but we're comparing ourselves to everybody else, and we look hot. And so now in the church world, in the 21st century, like if you're lukewarm, yay, you're hot. And we're not hungry. Completely unaware that the light is fading in our lives. We're not hungry like we used to be. 
It's the modern day life of a Christian. Not hungry, lukewarm. Um, I was speaking to someone yesterday that was telling me the state of that their mother is in and she says, you know, she's really feeling like she's ready to go home to be with the Lord and, and now she's really not wanting to eat. So that was on my mind this morning and I'm writing this sermon and I'm like, oh. I see it. As a watchman, I see it. So I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you as a watchman, I have to answer to God. If I see it and I don't tell you, then we're all in trouble. But this is what happens when you get ready to die. You quit eating. You quit getting hungry. It's not that you just quit eating. You quit desiring food. When you start shutting down, go from slide two to three to four. When you start shutting down, you quit desiring food. You quit desiring the things of God. As light-bearing Christians are slowly and naively replacing light with darkness. Show those slides again. As we slowly replace light with darkness... We are replacing a life that is consumed with the fire of the Holy Spirit slowly with a lukewarm relationship with God. I mean, he does something in our lives and we're like, everybody's got to know about this. I need more. I want 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 more. I'm not very hungry. I'm not very hungry. And then we, what moves everybody else, we, we catch ourselves like disinterested. Why? Because there's a dying taking place. 2 Thessalonians 2 talks about a falling away before Christ returns. I'm not going to take you there, but you can go read it in 2 Thessalonians 2, a falling away before Christ returns. What does falling away mean? I mentioned it a minute ago. The person that is already, I mean, lost, bound, has never given their life to Christ. They can't fall away. So what is the falling away? It's people that have been introduced to the light. And they're not going to do it on purpose. They're just going to get so used to the light that they don't realize they start drifting away from the light because it becomes just so ordinary and the world is so appealing and it's luring them away and as they are lured away, they don't recognize that they are vacating the premises. Is it making sense? If it makes sense to my kids, then that's perfect because I, I want to bear fruit in them. Did I look like I was going to drop it? Oh. <laughs> All right. So falling away means this. It means forsaking. You can't forsake something you've never obtained. 
So the falling away are the ones who once obtained the light. You can't abandon truth that you never knew. So the falling away is forsaking something you once had. It's clearly to the church. It's clearly to the followers of Christ. It's clearly to who um, Paul was speaking to in Colossians 1, 13 through 14. He, Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness. Go to slide number one. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Slide number two. It's clearly to that group right there. So Paul is warning us that before Christ returns, there's going to be a forsaking That's to the church. Forsaking what? I'm going to tell you how it happens. Forsaking the light, but not on purpose. Go to slide number three. It's not like this. It's not, okay, God, I'm walking away from you. You've disappointed me. You've let me down. So on purpose, I'm walking away from you. It's not that. This is what it looks like. Let me give you a couple scenarios. So a friend who loves God and loves you and is good for you offends you. So you replace them with another friend. Go to, verse, go to slide two, and as I say this, go to slide three. So you got a friend as you're walking in the light that God has placed in your life and they're good for you and they're passionate about God but they challenge you a little bit and you don't like it and you replace them with another friend. Slide number three. Another friend who maybe doesn't have the same passion for God and that friend has different interests and you don't, nothing feels different. You're the lamb that's just frolicking around and you're having so much fun and just from one friend to another but but the friend that you replaced who was good for you because they offended you now you've got another friend that uh uh-oh has talked you into vacating just a little territory you don't even realize you're doing it and as you vacate a little territory darkness is there to advance And take that territory that you vacated. Because remember I said there's always an advancing. So maybe you've got another friend who doesn't have the same passion for God. And that friend's interests are different. So their interests appeal to you. Their lifestyle appeals to you and you start blending your lifestyle to their lifestyle. Slide number four. Previous activities are replaced by less light activities. Conversations that once motivated and encouraged you in your relationship with God are replaced by conversations that motivate you to fit in better. It's the falling away. Next thing you know, you talk different, you act different, your interests are different. And you think everybody else drifted. Maybe it looks like this. A new job promotion offers more green. And you see no reason as to why you shouldn't pursue it. I'm reading these notes just so y'all know. 
This was written before I even knew who was going to be in here. <laughs> before I even knew that who was coming to church today. Little by little, quality time with the Lord gets replaced with responsibilities. And then your previous focus gets replaced with new interests. Until once what you once craved, what you once desired, what you once longed for, what you once wanted, is now no taste for it. Why? I'm getting ready to die. I mean, I'm shutting down, Pastor. That's what you're saying. That's what you're screaming to us as watchmen, and you don't know. I mean, I'm like, kids, come closer. And they're like, Mom, you're the one. You're the one that's drifting. So you're really screaming to us. If we're going to be the watchmen that, that God's called us to be, thank you, Tim, for saying we're not those kinds of shepherds. But it's easy to be that kind of shepherd, Josh. It's really easy to only want to tell you what you want to hear and me get fat on your tithes. I shouldn't take, I shouldn't let you even give your tithes if I won't be honest with you. If I won't risk losing your tithes, otherwise I'm getting fat off of you. God forgive us if we've ever done that. You're really screaming to us, hey, shepherd. I'm shutting down. Hey, shepherd, I'm, I'm dying on you. Something's wrong. I'm not healthy. I'm sick. I'm not hungry. And we show up with food at the trough. And if we're bad shepherds, we don't notice that you're not partaking of it. The sad thing is we're not bad shepherds. And so our hearts are hurting for you. And we don't know what to do about it. We don't know how to stop you. We don't know how to wake you up. But I'm telling you, every night when it's time to go to bed, my heart, I have names in my mind. And I'm like, God, what do I do? What do I say? Something's different. Something's wrong. There's a parasite in my lamb. There's a parasite in my sheep. And God, how do I treat it? What do I do about it? Because I'm the shepherd and nobody else is going to do something about it. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm so concerned. Not for the lost. I'm not concerned for the lost right now. I'm concerned for those that once tasted of the light. That's dying under our watch. But it's fun. They're not as hungry as they once were. So I want to ask, I want everybody to bow your heads if you will. Man, it's already 7.52. Good gracious. Thank you, Mandy. I want to ask you a question. Are you okay? Live stream, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Asking everybody in this room, are you okay or are you not? Are you really okay? I mean, are you really okay? Or is there something working in your life against the light? What has happened if you're not okay? What happened?
What's happened to your interest? What's happened to your hunger? What's happened to your passion? Are you not, are you, are you, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you drinking from the well? If not, why? Back to what Jeremy said. If you're going to choose us to be your pastors, then let us shepherd you. Let us speak what God is telling us. Let us sound the trumpet. You can play DC. Hosea 13 and 4. Because we have the shepherd, you can lift your heads. We have the shepherd watchman responsibilities. God says, yet I am the Lord your God. Ever since the land of Egypt, I have been the Lord your God. And you shall know no other God but me. For there is no Savior besides me. I knew you in the wilderness. Go back to slide number one. I knew you in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. I knew you here, and then I found you, slide number two. But when they had pasture and they were filled, life was good. They were filled. This is God speaking to people that have been found by him. When they were filled with my blessings and their heart was exalted, they forgot me. Slide number three. You can't forget someone you never knew. So he's speaking to people who, who know him. I think I'm called more to pastor the found than I am to reach the lost. Every message. I'm not an evangelist, I don't think. Because there's danger for the church. Somebody's got to sound the alarm to the church. Because there's going to be a last day revival. There's going to be a last day revival. They're coming. But if I can just do my part, I hope that when I show up, God, I hope that when I show up, you will look at me and you will say, you stopped, you, you actually, you actually made a difference in the falling away. You actually curbed the falling away. Good and faithful servant, Brianne, you actually, you actually curbed it a little bit. You actually halted it a little bit. And there was not as much of a falling away at Covenant Church because I used you to stop it. Revelation 2 and 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write this. These things says the Lord. I know your works. I know your labor. Keep going. He, he, he compliments them. And then go to this one. Um, probably around 4 or 5. He said probably 4. But I have this against you. You left you left. You vacated the premises. Yeah, now go to the next slide. You vacated the premises. What premises? Your first love. You backslid on me. 
But God, I do love you. No, I'm not talking about whether or not you love me. Do you love me most? Do you love me first? Do I move your heart? Or does something else move your heart? Do I motivate you or do you just need me? Do you want me or do you just need me? You know you need me. I'm not talking about that. Do you want me? You need me, but you love other stuff more passionately than you love me. I wrote this. It's not necessarily where you are spiritually right now that's concerning us as a pastor. Because you can look like you've got it all together, but it's, it's what's advancing in your life. You can't tell when you look at that, is that someone on the move or is that somebody moving backwards? So I can really be complimenting Rosie. I just told you, this is great for you, baby girl. You know what this is for you? You're getting continually better. You're getting continually better. You're moving to the light. I just want you to lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands right now and let the presence, Kelly, just touch, touch her back. Let the presence of God minister to you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let your light shine in my life. Let your light, I want to walk in your light. Let your light be advanced. If you guys would change the song to something that has something to do with some kind of um, repentance or um, forgiveness or something like that. Um, maybe nothing else or something like that. Because I am going to give a little bit of an altar call. Okay, so then we got that. We've got that. But then there's somebody else sitting in this room right now, and you look just like that, and I'm not applauding you. Because that's some advancing of darkness in your life. That's the advancement of darkness. That's retreat on your part. And I'm saying God is saying re return to your first light. Everybody stand to your feet, if you will. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Are you moving forward or backward? I want to ask you, are you moving forward or backward? Because there's no such thing as remaining the same. What's advancing in your life? Are you really getting continually better? Or are you naively retreating? Romans 13 and 11 says, It is time to cast off the works of darkness. It is high time to wake up out of sleep. Let there be light in our church. Let there be light in our marriages. Let there be light in our homes. Let there be light in our routines. Let there be light in our hunger. Let there be light in our schedules. Let there be light in our lifestyles. Let there be light in our desires. It is time to go, but I just want to ask everybody if you'll take two minutes to let God be honest with you. Let God be honest with you and then you can be dismissed. It's okay. It'll just take us to 803. It'll just take us to 803. If you'll just take two good minutes. My life has been made new. Love that 
go to the bridge. So we gotta say this. So never going back. I'm never going back. You need to say that. I'm never going back to the way you of the trumpet would touch every ear. He that has ears to hear, let them hear, Father, what the Spirit is saying to the church. And God, I ask that your word would not fall on stubborn hearts. I ask that your word would not fall on deaf hearts. Lord, I ask that your voice would be made clear so that we know that you are speaking to us and prepare a way, prepare a way for us to turn our hearts back to you. As a church, we're going to advance the light. Somebody say, let there be light. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Thank you. Thank you.